and welcome to a Word for This Day podcast. I'm Jory Schaefer, the show's host and creator, and it's such a blessing to have you join me today. I just want to tell you again how much I appreciate you coming along and listening, and I pray that God will continue to just draw you closer to Him and open your eyes to just the treasures that are in His Word, and that He will increase um your hunger and thirst for him and for more of him every day. And I would love to hear from you about um, what God's doing in your life as you uh, spend more time studying his word. And um, feel free to email me or uh, find me on Facebook and shoot me a message. I would love to hear from you. Know that I continue to pray for you daily, and I'm just so thankful for you. Um, and I would invite you to um, continue to share this if you think it would be a blessing to someone that you know. And again, it's certainly not because I'm an eloquent speaker or that I'm easy to listen to, um, but it's because um, we know that the whole truth is found in God's Word. And, oh, friends, if if our world ever needed truth, it is now. So our verse for January the 29th, 2022, is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 29, and it reads as follows from the English Standard Version. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Oh, I am so excited about this because... There's just so much stuff here, and we may not even be able to unpack all of it (laughs) at this point because there's so much. It's hard to do that in about 20 minutes, Um, but there's just so many treasures here, and um, so let's get started. If you've been along this journey very long with me, you know that um, I really like to go back and um, because I think it's critical, critical to get context. We need to know who the author of the particular letter or book is and and to whom he's writing and uh, know who we're talking about. And so today we are going to be back in the Gospel of John, which was written by the Gospel writer John, but he's going to talk about John the Baptist. And you know, I I used to get this confused when I was younger um, and and young in my faith and really hadn't studied much of the scripture. I thought when it talked about John, that John was John. So I just thought John the Baptist may have written the gospel of John, but it is not so. Um, The gospel writer John, who wrote this gospel as well as 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John in the book of Revelation, was a disciple. He was an original disciple and an apostle of Jesus. So he walked daily with Jesus um, day in, day out. And then he was one of the apostles that uh, continued to spread the gospel after the Lord Jesus was crucified and buried and then was raised again and ascended back to heaven. John the Baptist, who um, we're going to talk about from this verse today, was a cousin of Jesus. And we'll read a little bit about that. Uh, but he came, he had a very specific mission that was prophesied um, about him um, many years before. And so we're going to take a little bit of a look at that. And we could probably spend the whole time talking about this. Um, but we'll talk about that background because I think it will just, um, it just makes it so much fuller when you can understand that. And then we'll go to this um proclamation that John made in our verse today. 
And let me just say that I'm, I'm going to give you all these references and I would invite you sometime in your personal study to go back and look. And um, I haven't mentioned it in a few days, but in the episode notes or the show notes that come with every episode that you download um, on your app or on the computer, I list all the scripture references that I talk about. And that's so you can go back and look those up if you want to in your personal study. And I would invite you to do that. Because I know the more you spend time studying, you will be truly blessed. So there are um, snippets about John the Baptist in all four Gospels. And we'll also learn today about the prophecies that he fulfilled. Um, and I wasn't really sure about which one to jump in on first, but I think we'll just go to Luke. I first had it turned to Matthew, but I think we'll go to Luke because Luke, as we've discussed, he gives some of the, just some wonderful detail, and he backs up and we hear about um, John's birth and the events surrounding his birth and before his birth. So let's start there. We find this in beginning in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 5, and I'm not going to read all of this, um, but I'm just going to pull out little parts, but we find the birth of, and uh, the foretelling of John the Baptist's birth before the foretelling of Jesus' birth, but it's so important to see how God worked through that, I think. And so, just a little background, John was uh, born to Elizabeth and Zechariah. Uh, Zechariah was um, from the tribe of Levi. He was in the uh, he was a priest, and Scripture tells us that he and his wife Elizabeth um, had not been able to have children, and they were advanced in years, and that he had prayed for that for years. And um, so, our story opens up when he's going to do his priestly duties, and an angel meets him and tells him that his prayer has been heard. And we pick up in Luke chapter 1, uh, beginning in verse 8. Now while he, and that he is Zechariah, was serving as priest before God when his division was on duty according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will be go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. So this tells us about what John is going to do. And the story goes on to tell that when um, Zechariah heard this from the angel, he didn't believe him. <laughs> and he questioned the angel, and the angel struck him dumb where he couldn't speak and mute. And then he was not able to speak again until uh, the prophecy about the son had been fulfilled. And this is what he said after John was born. And Elizabeth said his name will be called John because Zechariah couldn't talk at the time. He said, um, beginning in 
Well, there's a wonderful, if you just read all of this chapter one of Luke, it will tell you all this wonderful story. But I love this. If we pick up um, in chapter one, verse 76, and Zechariah is talking to his newborn son, and he says, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. Now, there are so many wonderful, neat things here, but one of the really neat things to me is that in the book of Malachi, which was the last book uh, just before the New Testament, so there was about 400 years there that God really didn't, um, we didn't have any words um, from God to the prophets. And Malachi had said in chapter 3, Verse 1, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. And so that's a little bit of a prophecy about uh, John the Baptist coming. And then also, and Zechariah would have known this because he would have known these prophecies. He was... um um, that would have been the Bible that he read, okay? And then and if we uh, skip over to Malachi chapter 4, um, we read in beginning in verse 5, Behold, and these are the last two sentences of the book of Malachi, before the, so at the end of the Old Testament, before we get to the New Testament. It says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. And so I hope that you were hearing those snippets in, in Zechariah's song that he said when he was talking about what his son would do and then we see that even more in in what the other gospel writers wrote when the gospel writer matthew who we know was jewish um first talks about john the baptist we find it in matthew chapter 3 beginning in verse 1 and he says in those days john the baptist came preaching in the wilderness there's that wilderness word uh, of Judea, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locust and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now, as we talked about when we talked about Matthew, um, he was a Jewish man and he quoted um, more of the Old Testament prophecies um, than any other of the gospel writers. And this verse to, that he was referring to is found in Isaiah chapter 3. And this is talking about um, John, the, or John the Baptist. And it says, a voice cries in the wilderness. And you know, we just read that John was out in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. 
And then we see in the Gospel of Mark, in chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, the beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. You know, critics of the Bible and the gospel will say, well, why are all these stories not identical? Why did they just say something slightly different? And it's just like us. If we, if five of us see something happen, we, each five of us is going to see a different detail and we're going to tell a different detail and we're going to tell it from our perspective and that's what God has used these gospel writers to do we just see more about John we hear more about John and more about uh, the gospel more about Jesus based on how these writers were inspired to write it and it's not that one is not true it's just that when we look at it all together we get a better a bigger and better picture and then we come to the Gospel of John, and did you think I was never going to get there today? I was wondering myself, um, but that is where our verse is today, and I just want you to see, we've read the beginning of John's Gospel, and again, it's John, the Gospel writer, wrote this about John the Baptist. We've read that several times, but now we're going to pick up in John chapter 1, in verse 6, and it says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. And then jumping over, and we've read this several times, to John chapter 1, verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. And then when we jump over, to this next part, this is going to lead us up to our verse for the day. So in uh, John chapter 1, verse 19, it said, And this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you a prophet? And he answered, No. So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He, John, said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Don't you just love that, that we can find where that prophecy was? Ah. Um, And then on to verse 24. Now they had been sent from Pharisees, and they asked him, Then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? And John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So I hope you see why why it's so important to know that background of John, and then we see what a big deal it is when John um, proclaims who the Messiah is, because that was his whole mission. That was what was prophesied about him. That's what his 
That's what his father, Zechariah, was told in Luke chapter 1, verse 76. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. And that's what John was doing. And he was sharing the best news ever that Jesus has come, but he's come to take away the sins of the world. I mean, that's the gospel right there. And um, it was so exciting. You know, he was talking to Jewish people who um, knew about sacrifices and knew that there were um there had to be animal sacrifices, and sometimes they were daily, sometimes they were yearly. The priest had to do those um, to get atonement for the sins, but they were continually offered. We read about that in Hebrews, and I don't have a lot of time to go into that right now, but it talks about how the the um, earthly priests that were in the tribe of Levi had to continually offer sacrifices. They had to offer sacrifices for themselves and sacrifices for the people, but they had to continually offer it. But Jesus, when he came, he was the perfect lamb and he offered, he was offered once, he offered himself one time for the sins of all. And it's not a continuous offering. It was a once for all event. And that's what happened to him when he was crucified on the cross. He sacrificed himself for you, for me, for everyone in the whole world. And he was the perfect sacrifice without spot, without blemish. And so he was that perfect lamb and is that perfect lamb for us so that we have a way to the Father. It's because of that that we can have a relationship with the Father, with a holy God. It's because of that sacrifice and us believing in Jesus that we can be seen as righteous um, before the Father. And we're covered in that precious blood if we believe in Jesus. And I would encourage you at some point to go back and read Hebrews chapters 8 through 10. And it talks about this, about how... Um, Jesus was as our perfect um, high priest, and he offered the perfect once-for-all sacrifice for our sins. I love this from Hebrews chapter 9, beginning in verse 24. It says, It says, For Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood not his own. For then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it appointed, just it is, as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. And then I just have to jump over to the gospel writer John's book of Revelation, which uh, we were told if we read out loud, um, we will be blessed by that. And the Lord Jesus told John to write this in um, Revelation chapter 1, verse 11. It says, Write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna and to Pergamum and to Thyatira and to Sardis and to Philadelphia and to Laodicea. And thankfully we got those too. But we jump over to chapter 5 in Revelation, and it says, beginning in verse 9, And they sang a new song, saying, 
Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and that's talking about Jesus, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands saying in a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory forever and ever. Oh, friend, I hope you can be so thankful and that you can say to the Lord, thank you for being the the lamb that was slain. Thank you for taking away the sins of the world and thank you for taking away my sins. I pray that this has been a blessing to you as you've uh, seen how God's word confirms itself and how true it is. And I would just remind you to read God's word, study God's word, live God's word and share God's word. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Blessings to you until next time.